I'm stand-up comedian Kiri Pritchard-McLean here to tell you that I'm on tour with my brand new show, Home Truths. I'm going all over the country, wherever will have me. I'm touring right through the spring and then because some of you lovely lot have bought so many tickets, I'm now getting to tour for the whole of autumn as well. If you would like to get tickets, they're all available on my website or you can go to littlewonder.co.uk and get tickets there. I can't wait to see you and I don't want to brag, but I've got one hell of an outfit. Welcome to Who Are You Wearing, a podcast that chats to stylish folk about their sartorial choices. I am the host, Kiri Pritchard-McLean. I'm a stand-up comedian and sequin obsessive. Now, in this episode, I'm chatting to a funny fucker who is brilliantly stylish, mad talented and an ex-catwalk model. It's the phenomenal Michelle DeSwart. I feel like I should give you a warning about how much I laugh on this podcast. It's real sort of fillings to the roof stuff for like two thirds of it. There is some phenomenal insight into the naughties world of fashion here. A real sort of Devil Wears Prada deep dive. And there's a story that makes me wish that Donna Vitale Versace could sweep in and sort my tits out. One of the many things that's amazing about Michelle is how clear-eyed she is about that time in her life, especially for someone who at the time was so young. And it's fascinating to hear from what sounds like the most laid-back catwalk model there's been. This episode was recorded in November 2021. Michelle was in her place in London and I was in my place, i.e. my cupboard, in Wales. Now, in this episode, we ask some really big questions. Um, like, where are trousers meant to end now? Someone please tell us, because we are both out of the loop. This is a riotously funny episode with a stylish, smart and hilarious woman. Please enjoy me asking Michelle DeSwart, who are you wearing? So I, well, I grew up working class. It's weird in this country that we always kind of, whatever we grew up in, that's the class we stay in, mm. right? Even mm. if you sort of priced yourself out of, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, so I'm working class. And um, and we always grew up on, I don't know, there was sort of, there was definitely a lot of value put in how you dress, right? And um, I remember being a kid in the 80s and it was all about white socks then. If you was a girl and you was going to school, <laughs> white socks and then white socks but have frills around the top. Yeah, another one. And I always remember taking like a lot of pride in... Um, in my socks being really white and having loads of frills on it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I remember and thinking such... like, this is a power thing here. It's like a kid's power suit yeah. in the 80s. It's... Do you know what I mean? Because it's like... like, it's the equivalent of box fresh trainers, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. But like socks with, um, white socks with frills. And I remember like getting compliments for it and really liking that. So you must have been young then, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. just into school. Oh yeah, yeah. It was probably like, yeah, like the first year of infants. Wow. 
So did you have a strong style as a kid then? Did you have an idea of how you wanted to look? As a very young kid, not necessarily because your sort of parent, you know, determines what your sense of style will be. But definitely when I hit my, um, I guess, anything from like 10 onwards. Yeah style was important to me. But I think it was really important to me because we didn't grow, we didn't have a lot of money. Mm. And so it was just really important that I had some control over how I was perceived. That's so interesting, yeah, yeah. Which in turn meant something to how I felt about myself and that it wasn't sort of determined by my environment that I was living in. Right, so for you, clothes were telling a story about you and your circumstances and they they weren't gonna like yeah they were is a way of redefining yourself as not necessarily the kid with no money or the family with no money yeah I, I think to be more specific I wanted my clothes I wanted to make sure that my clothes didn't tell a story okay of my surroundings. Interesting. So did that mean that you went with like, would you look around and be like, okay, everyone's got this, so I need the same, so I don't stand yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. It was important to me where my self-worth lied, unfortunately. Mm. You know, as you get older, you sort of get over that kind of stuff. But when I was younger, mm. definitely. So who was who was dressing you then outside of school? Who was like, was it was it mum, was it dad, was it like cousins, aunties? Like who was, who was the influences on you? Mm, I guess aunts and I guess just adults you know like your mum's got a friend and she's got a nice bag and you're like one day (laughs) you know I definitely like (laughs) I definitely used to be really like and also my mum was someone who was really funny about certain things like you had to have real leather shoes you could never I remember I started working at Shoe Express when I was like 15 do you remember Shoe Express yeah it was like shoe zone right I started working there when I was like 15 and I remember using the store discount to get myself like this pair of pleather shoes. And my mum was like ready to kick me out of the house. She was like, are you, what? Yeah. How could, I had... after everything I've done to instill in you and you come home with, and I was like, yeah, with the store discount, they only cost about four pounds. <laughs> she was like, yeah, yeah, it reads. <laughs> <laughs> My mum was exactly the same, this obsession over leather shoes and you have to look after your feet. And it was the one thing that, like, we didn't have lots of money growing up, but it was like you'd go to Clark's and you'd get them measured and you'd get a proper pair of leather shoes. And, yeah, exactly exactly the same when I started going to Shoe Zone and getting, like, awful stilettos and, you know, like, plastic white stilettos. She's like, you're going to regret this, but, you know, you're an adult now, you make your decisions. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that and making sure you took the uh, label off the sole of the shoe. Yeah. (laughs) Which to this day I notice, like if someone's walking down the street and I'm like, I like their outfit, but I can see like the price label on the sole of their shoe. I'm like, this outfit means nothing to me now. (laughs) I will take people aside and be like, I'm so sorry. It's like almost like I'm in the same way that you would tell someone that they've come on and they haven't realised. I'll like pull them aside and like, I'm so sorry, there's... um." you actually love the stickers on the underneath of your shoe because I think it's such a faux pas. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> were you ever put in anything that you hated wearing that you just were like, ugh? Um, not really, no. But when I turned 20, I became a model. So that was like, I spent 10 years modelling. So all I did was wear clothes that mm. I thought were fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did that cut, like... That's so 
maybe it's not in modeling terms but to me to be like 20 and be like a model and that because you're like proper proper model like walking down a catway model yeah uh, is such an intense thing that i think at 20 as well like you got you suddenly your body and how you look and, and how you walk and everything's under massive scrutiny like did that quickly change your relationship with clothes it um yes it did because i was definitely shamed about what my previous style was so as far as modeling, I started quite late. Do you know what I mean? Not I started when I was 19, but I really started when I was 20 properly. Um, and so before mm. that, I was a bartender and I modeled in the UK for a little while and I quickly got scouted by an agency and taken to New York. And I remember going into the agency um, in New York and, then, and the agents, which were like fucking really bitchy, just really bitchy people, right? Um, but I didn't understand, you know, when you don't realize you're being insulted until like later. <laughs> and I remember, I remember one of uh, the agents going, yeah, I'm sure your style's really interesting. You dress like a musician. And I remember being like, oh my God, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I had on like this crazy, like seventies coat and these shoes from Shelley's shoe shop and some weird corduroy pants and in my head I was dressed in like the singer Anastasia and was like really bringing like love it the now <laughs> but for New York high fashion they were just like what the fuck is this <laughs> like what are you doing please tell me you've got some other shoes in your bag with you because we cannot send you out to castings looking like this and like I remember my, my agents also sitting me down and being like you really need to invest in a bag and I was like what they were like you need to get a decent bag but these bags are like two grand. And they were like, it takes money to make money. Really? Yeah. So I think they, there was in all intents and purposes for that industry, for the time that it was, which is like the early mm. noughties, they had a point, you know, if you're going to turn, if you're going to mm. sell things and present yourself as a blank canvas for designers to sort of paint whatever picture they want. And you kind of got to turn up looking like you're worth the day rate they're going to pay you. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, so, yeah. They, de they definitely. I definitely had to like learn the hard way about sort of high fashion items, and I learned through shame and humiliation. That's wild, isn't it? That's another like. It's, uh, that's a world, obviously. I don't understand. Um, and and it, is it one of those things? A bit like comedy, where it's a complete sort of like hidden system until you're in it, and no one explicitly tells you. You've just got to work it out as you go. That, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. No one teaches you how to walk down a runway. No one, you know, no one teaches you how to be a fashion model. You just learn through trial and error. You know what I mean? And then you're like, oh, right. And you have to learn really quickly because your career, for most models, your career is going to start at like 14, 15, and it's probably going to be over by 26. Wow. You know, so by the time you've got it, it's on its way out, which kind of reminds me of like periods, right? So like, I've just got a hold of how my periods work. I'm like, oh my God, in this part of the month, I'm going to feel like this. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm really horny now. Now I'm not, now I'm really angry. And like, oh, okay, cool. And I'm like, have I just worked this out? And I'm 41. How many, how many period years do I have left? And I've just cracked the code. And that's kind of what it's like being a model. You sort of like, by the time you've worked it out, gravity is already like rap tap tapping on your window and sort of giving you your retirement clock and being like, you can piss off now. So 
this might this is maybe an interesting um question for like model and pre-model Michelle is I asked people was there an item of clothing when you were growing up in those formative years either as a kid or an adolescent that you put on that you just never wanted to take off was like this is this is my thing I, I wear this yeah so growing up in London I grew up in Brixton and so your whole year would be kind of centered around Notting Hill Carnival you know as a young person because yeah. like you know, festivals weren't really a thing in my community at that time. So we would all kind of just be all about like dressing up for carnival. And in the nineties, it was all about dance hall. You know what I mean? It was all about like Jamaican dance hall. And it was really re- like ornate, ridiculous, you know, like just colorful. And I remember at the time my thing was like jeans and a string vest with like a sports bra underneath. And I remember okay. going to carnival one year and just being like, this is me. <laughs> this is who I am. I have my Calvin Klein knickers poking out the top of yeah. my like low slung jeans. And <laughs> I basically, you know, it's just like I've I've arrived. <laughs> A string vet dressed like Rasby Nesbit, basically. <laughs> <laughs> low slung jeans, the top of my fucking knickers poking out the top, probably an ass crack just above that and a string vest. I was like, I'm chic. <laughs> I remember that look and I remember never like always wanting to pull it off but never feeling like I had any of the assets that would make it anywhere near palatable for for myself or anyone else around me (laughs) (laughs) what about when you're a model because I wonder like as a model you put on these clothes and you're right some of them will be fucking ridiculous but did you ever put something on and be like this is amazing yeah and it costs three grand so I have to give it back three grand if you're bloody lucky yeah yeah I did yeah and you know what? I just found a picture of the outfit actually because I hadn't. So I did this show for um, Donatella Versace, right? And they'd made the outfit. They'd made this. I've always been a bit like self conscious about my boobs because they're not like up. Well, now at this age, if I could go back to those boobs, I'd be so fucking happy. <laughs> but at the time, and you know, getting changed around other people that were sort of you know, perfect. Yeah. You're like, I'm an ogre, right? <laughs> so I thought I had these saggy tits and basically um, uh, uh, Donatella Versace, she, she, so, so she like put me in this outfit and then they got all the, you know, people to sew it. So it was like really basically a flesh suit, right? So perfectly fitting, it was a flesh suit. And it was this lace top um, and, um, and when they zipped it up, I had the boobs that I always wanted. And I just remember thinking, oh my God. And I recently found that picture. Cause I was always like, oh man, I wonder about that outfit. I remember wearing it and just thinking like, she put my hair in like two little bunches. I had this crazy fur jacket on. I'll send it to you after when we get yeah. off. Um, but I remember, I wouldn't wear it now, but I remember at the time just being like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm the shit. <laughs> I don't want to take this off. Yeah, <laughs> wore it for a whole two minutes. But that's also incredible because, like, I think modelling sounds just like really hard on your brain and your body and everything. But there is this flip side of me is like, how many other people have a collection of them looking professionally, like pictures looking professionally fit that you can look back and be like, oh my God, I wore that. I went to this place. Like, yeah. look at me there. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't think you It's weird because I, I think I, I was quite lucky to start at the age that I did. And I was lucky to start 
stand up at the age that I did. Do you know, I was I sort of like, it was quite a conscious decision. that I, I was like, I need to do something that is the total opposite of what I have been doing. And obviously you can't model forever. Mm. Um, but I think that it it hasn't, it didn't have too many long lasting bad effects on me because mm. I never really took it that seriously. I was never that invested in the way I look. That's not to say I'm not vain now. And do you know what I mean? I'm not mm. like, oh my God, I want some Botox and I want this <laughs> and I want that and get it all. But, um, but yeah, now it's kind of nice to look back. But at the time, I think if you, if you invest in the way you look too much as in for your own confidence, and mm. I'm not talking about clothes, I mean your actual face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is not going to serve you well later because it's not going to last forever. So I, I think at the time I wasn't, now I can look back sort of safely from the sidelines and go, yeah, that was a, I, I like these pictures and it was a fun experience. But at the time I was quite dismissive of it, which I think was probably good for my mental health. Yeah. It's, but that's to me is like sums you up as in, I always think I just, as soon as I met you, I was like, well, she's fucking smart and wise. And it feels like everything you come to, even things like, comedy that can consume you you come to on your own terms and you do it no no this is what I want from it and I'm doing it this way and it's just like I remember being blown away when I met you from like just immediately getting that vibe and it sounds like it was the same with fashion right it was on your terms yeah it wasn't I'd say that thank you first of all likewise (laughs) um I think um I think with fashion it wasn't it wasn't necessarily on my terms. I probably could have done a lot better than I... I did well. I did really well. Mm. But um, I probably could have done a lot better had I had taken... Had I had appreciated it more or taken it more seriously. So I think that I did the bare minimum <laughs> for the success that I had to come away not too fucked up by it. That makes sense? Yeah. I don't think I made yeah, a conscious but isn't that decision. The dream? Yeah, but you know, when you're young like that, you're not making a conscious decision, really, because you're too, do you know what I mean? You're not yeah. fully developed properly, are you? You <laughs> haven't been fucked by life enough times yet. <laughs> Great careers advice for anyone listening. <laughs> When you were a teenager, what were the big trends then? Did you go in for those? Were you someone who went, like, looked at pop culture and went for the trends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My trends were quite specific to where I was growing up. So I was definitely, I mean, now everyone sort of gels down their baby hairs, but I was first wave, first, (laughs) first wave of gelling down all your hair. You know what I mean? Um, so the first wave of gelling down baby hairs. Love it. Um, hair was like massive, you know, like what we did with our hair in the 90s um, in the black community was, it was art. It was yeah. art, man. It was just like, I'm surprised I've still got hair on my head <laughs> because the stuff that we were doing to our hair, I mean, I was like, using loads of different hair pieces. I would, just the way I would treat it, there was no thought about hair care. It was just like, make it look good today. I would do my hair the night before. That's how much hair product I'd have in it. I'd wrap it 
wake up in the morning and it was almost like I'd take my bandana off, but it would peel off like cling film and it was like... <laughs> <laughs> so that I was into, it was all about the hair. Um, as I said, I was definitely into like dance hall mm. and um, I guess, yeah, dance hall and hip hop culture as far as fashion's concerned. And definitely like I had my nose pierced. Um, I used to wear like a big weed leaf in my nose. I had my eyebrow shaved. I was, you know, I was the body shop <laughs> bronze lipstick with the brown <laughs> lip liner. Baby, bronzer all around your face. Bronze balls, bronze balls, bronze balls. You always had one mate who was good at nicking from the body shop. I remember that that big jar with the bronze. I, I yeah. specifically remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. God, and then by the end, so... it would just be like little peas. <laughs> tiny, tiny little horn. You try and get some of that. Oh god! So that's so interesting because lots of people I speak to on this um, podcast are influenced by like pop stars, but it seems like the influence was your specific culture and locality. Yeah. That's where you're getting yeah. your influences from. Definitely, it was it was definitely about like um, dance hall, Bashman culture. Um, you know, but th- there's some things that I guess when you're in your community that that. Like, I didn't even, I don't even, I remember being in, because I moved to New York when I was 20, and I remember sitting in a model apartment with a friend, and I was like, I really like this music, who is it? And she was like, are you kidding me? It's Nirvana. I was like, oh, is it? Yeah, that's good. And she was like, how do you, I said, no, no, I know Teen Spirit, I know that video. And she was like, what? Don't you know anyone? I was like, no. She was like, but don't you remember when it died? I was like, vaguely, but like at my school, no one was crying. Like, <laughs> no, it came and went. It was a non-event. You know what I mean? That's so, so interesting. Yeah, yeah. We definitely, where I was growing up, weren't doing anything to do with grunge culture or anything like that in the 90s. Everything was like quite slick. Yeah. And it was all about like looking your best yeah. for the parties. Oh, that's amazing. There's, I read a really interesting um, a book Oh, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's a collection of essays from from Black British men because it was really interesting. It talks about how the so often the experience of being black is is American that's represented. Black British is so massively underrepresented, and so it's it's a collection of essays from these men. And one of the things they talk about is that thing of being like, I think it's called. Is it called flossing and not not like the dance? But it's where you make sure that everything is perfect. So like scrubbing your trainers with like a toothbrush, so everything is like really yeah. just everything on point and everything like a level of perfection. And I wonder like what the root of that is. Uh, yeah, Do you know what I, mean? I think it's I think it's like important, especially if you live in a white society and you're dealing with. Um, people's perceived ideas about your race or your culture or you know so it's important to it's important to like make sure that you feel good and that you look good and it's what potentially one less thing to be judged on as well when everything about you is being judged well yeah 100 percent. i mean it's layered we could go into that but it would we would definitely be you know there's (laughs) it's layered 100 percent. yes um and uh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely definitely got a lot to do with it. But then also there's, you know, in terms of like what we were just speaking about and growing up in um, in the 90s where it was all about kind of dance hall culture, it was like that was our interest. It didn't really matter if someone else was 
in their grunge look, you were just like, yeah, that's great for you. Yeah. I would never wear that. <laughs> what did you have when you were a teenager, like a rebellious phase? And if so, was it was it showing up in what you wore? Um, yeah, and I guess just piercings. Do you know what I mean? Piercing my nose, shaving my eyebrows, dyeing my hair. The norm. So did you just completely get rid of your eyebrows? No, I mean shaving lines in them. Oh, I thought you meant you completely got rid of the... Oh, my God, no. yeah, when people put the lines in. Love right. it. And kids are doing it now. Young people do it now. Though they don't do it in the same space. I think they kind of... And it looks great. Yeah. I love it. It is cool, isn't it? I was always jealous of that, but I didn't think I had enough eyebrow to pull it off. Well, in the 90s, and... we were definitely short on eyebrows. There was an eyebrow eyebrow drought <laughs> happening. With, oh, with overminds. With overminds, man. <laughs> and I, I feel every teenager sat there like stones with a magnifying mirror and a pair of tweezers and then I sort of sat back 40 <laughs> minutes later and gone, oh shit. <laughs> what have uh, I done? And it's the, the women I know who are now spending so much money like trying to get their eyebrows to grow back again yeah. after just annihilating them for the whole of the noughties. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. We see each other and we're like, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about sort of now, I guess, in your in your style journey. So, so the style that you have now, which is like to me, is like really effortlessly cool, and like a just this like sweet spot of being able to look expensive but without ever trying. Like to me, when I'm like, oh, okay, well, everything here is well made and is worth something that's what I always think when I see you is like but it's not just it's not that flashy big watch bullshit kind of mm. like expensive it's just like this um, um, ethereal thing so what age do you think that style started showing up with you I can tell you exactly when that happened I turned 30 and I remember my early 30s making a decision that I was like I'm never gonna wear a hoodie and trainers in the same outfit ever again if I wear a hoodie I'm wearing boots and if I wear trainers I'm wearing a shirt like I'm not I'm not like <laughs> like I made a choice man I was like no I need to I need, and I'm having it again actually I just had it recently where I, but but it happened then and um and also I was I was um I had I kind of knew roughly like the kind at, at that point I'd made Peace with not experimenting with shit that I was never going to wear. You know, like when mm. you'd open up your wardrobe and just be like, I, why did I buy this? I've never yeah. worn it, but it cost me loads of money. I bought it on an impulse. Mm. And so I kind of got into a bit more of a uniform then. And I remember being like, I like shirts. I like, I like shoes. I like loafers or boots and trousers. And I kind of knew what my silhouette was, you know, yeah. and I kind of stuck with it. But then just recently, literally last week, I went up to Scotland and I um, had a chat with my uh, two friends and uh, they were a married couple. And I was like, guys, I, I need I need help because I've, I've hit another, like that's run its course now. I mean, it's still the silhouette that I wear, but yeah, yeah. I was like, I need, I need a refresh. It's time. And they made me a little mood board. And they were like, I was, I was kind of, um, it was a lot of uh, Sports Max and Max Mara Weekend and Joseph and I was like oh god nothing <laughs> has said 40 more than these brands 
and why do I love them so much? Like in my 30s, it was a lot of cos. I remember being like, yeah. cos? I'm in my 30s now. And now it's sort of like cos has turned into H&M, you know, for, for me. And I'm like, okay, I need to sort it out again. I need to like dress a bit smarter. But as also, I've just finished filming this uh, show and I realised that I can't, like everything needs a little, everything needs a little zhuzh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I want to get some freebies when this show comes out and I don't think I'm going to get it if I'm dressing exactly the way I have been. Not that I'm not happy with my clothes, do you know what I mean? And my personal style, but do you ever think that? Do you ever just go, it's... Yeah, well, you hit a point where you're like, okay, not revolution, but evolution here. You know, like, I'm going to leave this thing behind and, you know, because you want to keep pushing yourself as well and, like, there'll always be things that will come with you, but, yeah, it it always just moving forward, I think. Do you know what I had to ask them? I was like, where should trousers end now? Because I'm not... I'm not young enough to be in the loop, yeah. baby. Where is, where should the trousers end? Is it ankle? Is it to the floor? Is it like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? I can't get my head around Kids, that. Kids, I need answers. The kick flare that hits at your ankle, because in my school you get bullied for that, because it looks exactly. like you've grown out of your trousers. That's what, and I'm a tall person, so I've always had a real... It's very triggering for me. It's very, very triggering for me to have an ankle swinger. You know what I mean? It's I can't and and an exposed sock. What are we doing? What what what's happening here? I'm so excited to see the next phase of you. Um, of like r- rich lady in her forties. I can't wait yeah, to see yeah, that. That's 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 what I'm going for. Yeah, I've seen this. I've seen this nice Mac, this green leather Mac from Sports Max, and I was like. Yeah, I'm getting that. And uh, I did one dud. I bought some weird wellies from uh, JW Anderson. And I was like, Michelle, you cannot do this again. Wellies, babes, wellies. I I literally want to go get them to show you because if you saw, they're like, they're they're painting their ankle and they've got this big gold buckle on the front. And I was like, oh, statement welly. Yes, bitch. And I put them on and I was like, you look like Will Farrell's elf love interest like i look like santa's helper like i in my head i was like mm, making moves and i put them on and i was like what do these go with nothing in your wardrobe you look like... <laughs> do you know what i mean like a black jewish woman bringing christmas spirit it is it's not a vibe babes it's not a vibe 350 they cost me and I've just been looking at them like you fucking idiot. They sound genuinely sound amazing. I feel like you you'll you'll find a way or you're going to make that money back on Depop somewhere. <laughs> Every day I put them on and take them off. <laughs> Floss, take on the the high heel wellies, take them off again. That's <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm like listening to the radio. I'm like, yes, babes, go on. And I put them on, look in the mirror, and I think, you bloody bully. You take them off. I, I want to ask you, do you think of hair and makeup as part of your outfit as well? Yes, but understated. Like, I'm not big into crazy makeup. Like, I've got makeup on today because we're doing this. Um, even though I was protesting, don't judge me on my clothes, it's a podcast. Um, but I'm into like, I'm into a strong eyebrow. Mm. And that's pretty much it. A strong eyebrow and a, a, little, a little bit of bronzer. Love it. 
Um, but I'm definitely into a, like a strong eyebrow. When I first met you, you had your you had your hair wrapped as well. Yeah, you could just come back from somewhere. I, I've and wrapped. My I remember hair. just yeah. Yeah. Where where did you come back from? Oh, I think I just come from Kenya. That was it. That was it. Yeah. And I remember like it was the first time I met you, and you had this like such a togetherness, and then also like stunningly beautiful. In and I was just like who is this person and why are they doing comedy? And then obviously I see you do stand-up and I'm like, well, that's why, because they're really fucking funny. But like so many people, when you meet them, you're like, oh, I get why you need to do comedy. You need this. But you just seem like you could do anything you wanted to. I had no idea what you were grubbing about doing comedy because you just had this, like, you look like a model. You, like, speak like a politician. You're so smart. that. I, and then, yeah, just I just remember it being so impactful. Is that something that you... Because you've got like a lot of your hair. There's so many pictures of you. When I was like looking through all your pictures, like your hair makes a statement as well. And is that something that you're, uh, what it sounds like you were definitely aware of it as a teenager, hair was a big thing. Is that all, has that retained its importance to you? It's, I think as a woman of colour, it can't not be important because it's always such a bloody issue. Do you know what I mean? Like any, any kind of, um, you know, even the job I've just uh, come off, it was an issue. Like, it's always an issue about, like, can, can is, is there the right people to be able to do it? Do they know what they're doing? If you, you know, like, uh, what kind of lens are they looking through by saying, we think your hair looks all right? You know, if you've got a, a hair mm. team um, of white people and they go, yeah, it looks all right, you go, yeah, to you, yeah. Mm. But, like, no other person of colour is looking at that hair and being like, oh, my God, I love it. Like... <laughs> So it's always been an issue. Um, uh, when I was growing up, it was an issue because I used to relax my hair, chemically straighten it. When I started modeling, it was an issue because then my hair was natural and it was a big afro and it was always like um, presented to me like my blackness was my problem. So like I always had to turn up having done my hair to make sure that I didn't end up looking busted basically wow so my hair's I, I think for any woman of color like uh hair is great importance to us and there's you know it's only recently um in certain workplaces that you can have dreads and braids and hair hair is really important and you know we change our hair all the time most sort of women of color we can change our hair and it's really versatile mm. um and it's definitely something that i like to play with but there's also it's also it's it's interesting like when, I'm, when my hair's in an afro which is what it naturally does like if I just washed it and left it it would be in a big fro and I think the perception of it when you're in the western world is kind of like that's a hairdo that's a look and it's like no that's what my hair does the same <laughs> way that your hair lies flat you yeah. know yeah um and and so it's funny that sometimes even if someone's being complimentary and they're like, oh my God, great hair. You're kind of like, fuck off. <laughs> Even though, I don't know, you know what I mean? It's sort of like, it, it's kind of, it feels gimmicky and it isn't, it's just your hair. Oh, that's... As, as in how it's perceived. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes. Well, Cause it's like, especially when it's, like natural in like an, in an afro it's is it the idea that it's being that like the compliments is still playing into that fetishized thing of yeah basically it's not always i mean look you can't you can't always be sure about what someone's intent is and where it comes from but um i can 
totally, I mean, I've had a shaved head and when I shaved my hair when I was in my late teens, it was sort of like a rebellion of just like, I'm just done with all of this, you know, just this, I just kind of like wanted to like let go of, mm. of the social commentary of my hair. Mm. Although I would wear it in these crazy styles that of course would get attention. <laughs> so I kind of feel like the pendulum swings and I can't really be sure about what is coming from me and what's coming from someone else and what their intentions are and it changes day to day. You know, if you catch me in a pub and my hair's in an afro and someone's like, oh my God, I love your afro. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I love it too. And it, you know what I mean? Or I'm walking down the street and someone's like, cool afro. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Um, but another day someone will say it and I'll just think, oh, piss off. So. Um, is there any trend that you've tried to repeatedly pull off and it's just it's just not happening? Yeah, man, high wet, tight high-waisted jeans. It's just not for me. It's not for my body type. Really? It's just not. I've got a really short torso. I look like a kid's drawing. <laughs> I've, got, I've got really long legs and a short torso. Not a complaint, I understand, but me in high-waisted jeans, tight high-waisted jeans. You know like when a kid does their first drawing, it's just like a head and legs come from the head. <laughs> Like it's not it's not a good look for me. Oh god, that's so interesting because I would have thought that you being so like tall and gorgeous that high waisted jeans because they're not built for little five foot three and a half like dumpy Welsh women. So I'm like, oh, they must be built for people like you. But then of course it makes sense that you're all leg no torso. It don't <laughs> look they right, fall? man. It just don't look right. <laughs> and I've tried it. I've tried it, and I put it on, and I'm like, oh god, no. Like not unless my back is like beyond straight. You know what I mean? And I'm sort of like craning my head like a meerkat at all times. <laughs> like I can wear it, but I can't relax. Um, is there an item of clothing that you've had for a really long time that you still love? Yeah, just like t-shirts, t-shirts and shirts. Things that I just love. I've got this brown checked shirt that I've had since my late teens, and. I think it's from Tammy Girl. That age, is it? Isn't it? It's like saying it's from Bay Trading or Kukai. Clockwork was the other one as well, which I think was CNA's sort of like clock house, clockwork, one of the two. Yeah. Exactly. It's from Tammy Girl. And I don't know what it is about this shirt, but like, it's still a winner. It's still a winner. I love it. I think that's great. Well, how do you feel about like, because I think we're all starting to, especially with everything that's happening at the moment, starting to think about sustainability and things like that. So is a lot of your stuff um, secondhand or, or vintage or thrifted or anything like that? Is that something you think about when you're shopping? Yeah, but just because I'm tight, not about the environment. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's not. Like, I wouldn't buy a brand new phone. <laughs> Such an honest answer. <laughs> Everyone else is so, like, thoughtful and like, yeah, no, no, I'm really aware of it. And you're like, oh, yeah, just because I'm fucking tight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And like I, like, I like vintage clothes because, you know, you know that you've got like a one of a kind. And because I used to spend money when I first started modelling on ridiculous clothes that were stupidly expensive. And I still look at some of those clothes and go, you could have been a house, but you're not. <laughs> you're a weird pair of clogs from YSL that I'm never going to wear. Great. <laughs> so, yeah, sustainability. Yeah, crack on, everyone. That's good. I like it. I am getting this green leather mat from Sports Max. Brand new, baby. Brand new. I'll turn my lights off and recycle a bit extra. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. That's so funny. I can't... 
Is is there an era that you wish you existed in for the fashion? The the seventies. That's I love that. I just love the style, man. It's just nice. Mm. I love all the prints. Yeah. So be it'd, it'd be the seventies. Yeah, and it's a. I think it's a great mix of. All the 70s outfits look like you're making an effort to make a look, but there's also some real comfort in those things. Like yeah. jeans and a shirt is comfortable. Cords, yeah. comfortable. Yeah. Like it's not like the 80s. A lot of it was about like extreme discomfort. Oh, crunchy, um, noisy, loud. You yeah. look at those clothes and you go, that's got audio to it. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? The 70s as well. It was, all, it was all polyester. None of that stuff needs ironing. That's appealing to me. <laughs> but it doesn't look like polyester. Do you know what I mean? Like the yeah. prints are so bright and vibrant that it looks chic. Yeah. But like I've got a lot of those tops. There's this place in um, um, Lancaster in Pennsylvania on the East Coast in the States. And it's this vintage shop that I absolutely love, right? And like no one goes there and I always go and get all these amazing things. And um, there's, there's, this one, um, there's this one shirt that I wear from time to time uh, and it's it's gorgeous and beautiful, but it really kicks up a scent and it doesn't matter how many times oh. I wash it, I know what I'm doing is activating <laughs> 70s anxiety from whoever had this before me. <laughs> like it holds a scent in it that, you know what I mean? There's something about that. I know exactly that. what you mean. Right? Do you know what? I've, I've had a tip for this. Cause some things it doesn't Fire. matter like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Burn a priest it. needs to be exercised, that's it. Um, where you put it on for like five seconds and you're like, I stink of someone else's sweat yeah. and it's just from being in it for five seconds. Apparently with sweat stuff, um, what's it called? Is it like white wine vinegar like eats it? Oh. So like if it's on if it's on the pits and stuff like that, you can put it on that and it will eat the like whatever it is. So there's, I'm going to Google it afterwards and message you just in case I've, I've told you to put on something that's going to destroy it. But I'm pretty sure Instagram it's video vinegar. being like, yeah, I'm on the tube. I smell like chips. Thanks a lot. <laughs> is there a nightmare clothing now that you've got that you put on and you just instantly feel like, like like the tits like yeah. this is I feel great in this yeah I've got these two coats that are they're the bollocks they are the actual bollocks you cannot tell me nothing in these coats <laughs> right one's like leather patchwork with like a big fur collar um that I got from my mate I was visiting her in Alaska and I opened up her closet and I was like oh my god that coat's amazing and she went oh you can have it if you want which never fucking happens Never in the history of that's nice does someone turn around and go, I can have it. It's this coat is the actual bollocks. And who is it? Is it Chloe or Stella McCartney? I've just come out with a similar coat and I was like, goals, bitch, goals. And then I've got this <laughs> other big sheepskin 70s coat that ties up at the waist that is also like, your mum's a slag. I'm winning all the races here. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. My coats as well, I think, are... Um, they always cost more money, but also if you think about how often you wear a coat, you get so much wear out of them. Oh, and yeah. you can just keep bringing them back year after year after year. after. Like, yeah. you, like we've all got like people in our family who've had coats for like 20 years. Yeah. I think that they are... I basically think they're often overlooked. Yes. Yes, but I think the thing is with a coat is if it's a really distinctive coat, 
you should shelve it for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rinse it for a winter or maybe two and then shelve it for a few years, then break it yeah, back out Yeah, I agree. Again. I've got a coat like that that's just come yeah, that's just come back round again and everyone's like, where's that from? And you're like, oh, God, I've had this old thing years. Mm, exactly. You can't get it is what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. No, sorry. <laughs> so obviously what you what you said happened there is you saw a coat in a friend's cupboard and was given it. Is That never happens. It that's never a special happens. kind of story that I hope that Disney adapts one day into the, the feel-good hit that we all want it to be. Um, but what's your relationship with shopping then in general? Are you Do you like to do it in person? Do you like doing it online? Do you want to touch stuff? Do you hate it? Do you avoid it? I don't love shopping. What I love is having a little cruise around a charity shop and finding something great. Do you know what I mean? You know, like a Sue yeah. Rider in like a really fancy area you know, <laughs> where there's no young trendy people yeah and so no just one like, has clocked um, that that's a designer something yeah so rich old white ladies died um, gives away all her give stuff give me all your dead rich old white lady clothes thank you <laughs> like my dream is to find like a silk Hermes scarf in one of those shops but it, it, it hasn't happened to date but yes I my, my dream is to like what I love to do is have a little mooch around charity shops um, like I love Edinburgh for that because it's got loads of charity shops, but you can't go in the bloody festivals going on because everyone fucking yeah. rinsed it. Um, but yeah, I like a charity shop or maybe a vintage shop, but not a cocky vintage shop. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I like, yeah, so I'd say a charity shop or I like Liberties. Do you know uh, the, what I mean? The big black and white Tudor thing. Yeah. It's yeah. the most Lib magical place in the world. I only started going in a couple of years ago and I was like, I could live here. There's every yeah. part of it I love. And it just gives you ideas, even if you can't afford in mm -hmm. anything in there. It gives you like, because everything's so curated in there. Nothing's shoved in. It's fucking great. Yeah. I love it. Exactly. That's what I'm into. I like liberties. I'm like, yeah, just ease into 40, Michelle. You can get all your skin products here, scented candles, have a little look at the clothes maybe you're not going to buy anything from there but you just can have a little look exactly get some ideas come out go to cos get the cheaper version tell yourself <laughs> it's just like that um so yeah i like um i like liberties i don't really like shopping online because otherwise i end up buying wellies that make me look like the bloody christmas elf um <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm someone who kind of needs to try something on but i don't really mm. love clothes shopping it doesn't I don't like trying loads of stuff on. I don't like the lighting yeah. in those dressing rooms. I don't like seeing myself from that many angles. I get quite caught up in like wanting to send an email, just being like, you guys need to sort out your lighting situation. <laughs> and actually it's like, you do have that much cellulite, Michelle, shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> See, I would have thought just like... <laughs> lazily that being a model you must like know your measurements and every inch of your body and how it works and clothes that you could just look at stuff and be like that'll fit that'll suit me no because um i'm not those measurements anymore fair like definitely not those measurements anymore <laughs> like definitely like there's just no there's no way i could fit in to any of that stuff now um so no i don't i don't have um, and you know, and also when when you when I was modelling, people are dressing you. You're not you don't have that much kind of choice over what it is that you're wearing. Um, 
and you kind of want to stay quite sort of like neutral. You don't want to be expressing yourself too much with clothes at that mm. time. Now it's completely different. Mm. You know, the landscape's changed, thank God. Um, but no, I'm not someone, I, I know what I like, but I'm definitely not someone who can like look online and go, yeah, that's going to fit me. Interesting. I can't even get well, shoes you... that I'm like certain of. I'm seven and a half, you, it's like you... a weird size. Uh, do you have to go to America? Because they're good at half sizes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, just like, I'm just, it just doesn't, I like clothes. I like what I like. I like finding one item, but I don't love, like a day out shopping for me normally ends in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> with a couple of skin creams in my bag. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? And like a new perfume and like a new lipstick or something. Yeah. And like one black t-shirt. <laughs> I start off with all the intentions like, yeah, I'm going to fuck with my loads of stuff. And I'm just like, two shops later, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. This is not bringing me joy. But you are like me then. You love a charity shop. What's the best thing you've got from a charity shop or thrifted or bought secondhand? Oh... I got an Hermes um, tote and it looked like a, it just looked like a plain black wallet, yeah? Um, Comme des Garçons mm. do them, right? So it just looked like a plain black wallet and then when you zip it open, that is the base of a tote and, like, you could not talk to me for a good year after me finding like I was just like I do believe I'm a genius like I'm the shit do you know what I mean I was just like holy crap so like yeah an Hermes an Hermes tote that's amazing isn't oh, it god that's right? a good one like that's one of the best answers we've had exactly podcast over like don't even have any more guests don't even ask anyone that question again an Hermes tote bitch ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, let's chat about the future now your future with clothes is there um, like do you see your style changing a lot as you as you get older I know you're having sort of like seems like every decade you have a refresh but do you think it's it's going to be like a complete change or are you just like you know recalibrating every now and yeah, then yeah I see it changing because this is I've always I probably when I was younger as a little pushback to working in fashion and uh, being a model, I used to dress quite scruffy. Do you know what I mean? Like in my in my teens, as I told you, I was all about dancehall and mm. smart. And then I moved to New York when I was twenty, and I was sort of like, oh, I don't I don't care about being gorgeous. Look at me, I don't care. I'm one of the people. <laughs> um, and so I used to like dress quite trampy as a sort of like, oh, I'm not working right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just with each year that passes, I realise that as you get older, the more casual you dress the more unemployed you look. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because you can you can toy with it when you're young and it's a statement, and then when you're older, it's like, has, have you had a... Has she left you? Like, it's, it's sort of like... It looks like a life circumstance has led you to that point. Like, oh, yeah, you're having a tough time. <laughs> exactly. There's no sort of, like, rebellion or pushback. You're just like, you're all right, babes. All right, okay. <laughs> Okay, did you come you from anywhere in a together? Scheme. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've just been a bit more aware of that. That where I'm like, I would like to, yeah, just maybe dress comfortable, comfortable. I'm not talking mm. about walking around in a three-piece suit or anything. Comfortable, but like, you know, like a bit of like seventies Gloria Steinem. Do you know what I mean? Like. Ooh. 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like a nice pair of glasses, maybe a silk scarf around the neck, babes, and a shirt, yeah. and like a pair of slacks. But like, I don't know, just like a bit more fitted, I think. Yeah. But like comfy. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. Well, with that in mind, is there a nightmare clothing you can kind of always see yourself wearing? Yeah, black polo neck. It's classic, isn't it? Yeah. Goes with everything as well. It goes, it like goes li- with literally everything. And it will always make an outfit look smart. Mm. You could put it with tracksuit bottoms and it would still look like yeah. a look. Yeah. Tra- black polo neck, tracksuit bottoms, and a nice pair of Dr. Martins. Yeah. It's a you're great looking, look. And a, and a nice 70s coat over the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're looking smart. Maybe one statement ring mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little small bag. <laughs> that's a look babes that's a look put a headscarf on top of that forget it <laughs> are you seeing it are you seeing it of course yeah, I am big head wrap but what I'm black also necks, seeing... tacky bottoms what oh god I'm seeing an app where you put in like you people put in the clothes that they want to wear and you come back and you go, right, I'll tell you exactly what to do with that. Go and get one of these. Go and yeah. fetch that. Everyone's got yeah. one of these. You've got to look. Oh, my God. What was that thing that we had in the 80s and 90s? Was was it called Girls World? No, it wasn't called Girls World. It was like you, you, you could trace it, right, and you had these different plates. The fashion wheel. Yes. What? Yes, exactly. That. <laughs> Michelle's fashion wheel. <laughs> there's, yeah. pro- there's probably a yeah. million apps like that and we're just like, yeah, we've... <laughs> We've we cracked, cracked it. it. It's our pension. <laughs> we see ourselves like Scrooge McDuck diving into a pool of gold coins. It's like, yeah, yeah, there's millions of apps like that. <laughs> um, is there any trends that you're hoping never come back? I'm watching them all now. because I think that. That's yeah. Y2K. Oh, my, my God. Yeah, book. because like the, the, the 90s, okay, I, I wasn't really old enough to buy the things that I wanted then, but the noughties, oh, some of this stuff, man. Ooh. Yeah, I'm watching it with my own eyes and I'm like, what the fuck? No, thank you. Do you know what I think it is as well? Is not that everything's about money, but it felt like a purposeful thing in the noughties that everything looked cheap. Even pop stars look cheap. Like they yeah. all look flammable. They all look yeah. cheap. Yeah. Whereas like if you go five years earlier or five years later, people ha- looked like special I guess and that was never the case for that period but do you think it's just because that was our era so we don't revere it or respect it or have any sort of like we lived it we wore it no because I think people I've spoken to on this podcast who are a bit older than me still love 80s stuff ah okay Mm -hmm. and I think we were particularly unlucky (laughs) yeah the noughties was absolute crud it was, it was really fucking. It was landfill. It was, it was like fast fashion really yeah. hit its stride, and everything was just made for the landfill and not for actual yeah. bodies. Do you remember layering your vests? Yes, I do. Who <laughs> in the what realm of reality <laughs> layering your vests over some like weird? I've just been to Goa type sort of, you know, silk skirt that like. Was like the 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 high the high low skirt. Do you know what oh, I yeah, mean? Oh yeah, cut on the bias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a horrible little shoulder bag that looked like just it. <laughs> it was bad. It, the hair was bad. The clothes were bad. Yeah. God damn it, the cocaine was bad then as well. <laughs> Everything was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. 
I've got one more final question for you. You've been absolutely brilliant, like I knew you would be. Um, it could be seen as somber, but I'm seeing it as a celebration. So it's, it's your funeral. What would you wear to be buried slash cremated in? What's the final outfit for you? The final outfit? Honestly, because you asked me that question earlier about sustainability, I would like to just be, you know, buried in some like biodegradable paper that would like look really good in my cardboard coffin. (laughs) (laughs) But really, what's the real answer? Chanel, baby, Chanel. Do you know what? You should be buried in those wellies with a heel because you'll finally have a reason to wear them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Every day I put them on. I put them on today and I was just like, I could hear the festive Christmas music playing in the background. I was like, you dickhead. You dickhead. You actual dickhead. Michelle DeSwart, what a woman. <laughs> I am so desperate to see the wellies that made her look like Elf's love interest every now and then I just get a mental image of it makes me absolutely howl Um, do you know what though I look forward to the day when I do an interview with a black woman who hasn't had shit for her hair it's so depressing and I'm not even someone who's experienced it and it's just I guess this is the nature of like white supremacy and privileges I don't even see this but it seems like it's just par the course for black people to encounter these microaggressions and sometimes just plain old aggressions in so many parts of their lives a sentence I keep thinking about is Michelle saying that as a teenager she shaved her head to avoid the social commentary around her hair it is such a clear example of how black bodies are completely politicized just every part of them including the hairs on their head I also love Michelle for her incredibly honest answer when it came to buying vintage too. It's because she's tight. That's it. Plain and simple. No saving the planet. That is, it's such, do you know what? It's actually a refreshing answer because um, I think so much of us are wringing our hands over the environment. And, you know, rightly so, the planet's on fire. But Michelle just being like, nah, I do buy it, but only because it's cheaper. Um, also, who is going to invest in an app of Michelle putting outfits together for you? I genuinely would. If that was Dragon's Den and she came in and was like, what have you got? This, 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 pop it with this. I, If I had any money, <laughs> I would absolutely invest in it. Money's well spent, I think. If you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Instagram at whoyouwearingpod. You can also email us, whoyouwearingpod at gmail.com if you've got something longer to say. We love getting your emails. And... I'm going to ask you if you can give us some nice reviews. We've had some beauts come through. Carly said, oh my God, this is so nice. Always a day brightener. I love this series. Always interesting guests discussing their fashion journey. Often the discussion connects what people wore during different formative times in their lives and leads to interesting, often hilarious or sad anecdotes. As soon as the episode drops, I put it on immediately. That's so nice. A sign of a great podcast for me. I love Kiri. Guys, (laughs) Guys, <laughs> um, already a big fan of her All Killer No Philip true crime podcast, but this is something completely different context wise. But with her brilliant comedy skills, used to interview Carly, that is such a nice thing to say. I'm so glad that people um, who like All Killer are liking this podcast as well, because I think it's um, 
like with all true crime is massive obviously i'd argue fashion's even bigger and i just want as many people to find this podcast as possible just because um i think everyone has a journey with their clothes and hearing all my guests have been so open about their you know their clothes journey and so honest with it i i honestly think that everyone could get something out of it and i love that you guys are i'm also going to read out this lovely one from monkey lou who says fabulous listen there's an exclamation mark at the end i think i read it well enough so you could uh, sort of hear the exclamation mark anyway fabulous listen i could listen to kiri talk about clothes all day babe get on a whatsapp with me that's all i'll do it's like an audible hug that makes you think about what you wear and why oh, i love this also they give a shout out to small businesses every episode that's opened my eyes to sustainable brands i was not aware of thank you for creating this podcast well thank you so much for saying that um What's so nice is the feedback that we're getting about it is exactly all the things that we, I guess, wanted the podcast to be. We wanted to shout about businesses that we love. We wanted to chat to interesting, stylish people. And we wanted to like get into the weeds of why they dress the way they do. And the fact that it's all those things are resonating. I feel like I feel like if this was an a, uh, like an assignment, we'd have got an A on it. Maybe even an A star, but I don't want to be cocky. Now, uh, Monkey Lou was talking about sustainable brands that you might not be aware of. Here's one for you. So um, this week's small business was inspired by Michelle's head wraps that she got when she went in Kenya. That was, do you know what? That was the first time I ever met her. And I remember walking in. Obviously, she's like incredibly beautiful. She had her hair wrapped. And I was just like, who is this woman? As I think I say on the podcast, I just immediately was in awe of her. <laughs> she made such a big impression. Um, so... I would like to talk about the Bristol indie business Gangster Raps, and that's Raps with a W. So they make the most striking, just fucking badass hair accessories, including wraps. They do a stunning line in statement earrings and accessories, and they're all wrapped in the most amazing material. I've got a pair of their earrings, and I love them so much, especially when I found out that the material covering them, it's sort of like a shiny pink lame i'll whack a picture of them on the instagram that's vintage so all the fabrics that they use are vintage or reworked or exclusive patterns which means no matter what you buy it is totally unique to you which i absolutely love they're also made to order by hand which means yeah you wait a little bit longer for your product but you get something incredibly well made unique and nothing is going to end up in a landfill because it didn't sell I'm eyeing up the scrunchies now um, because the earrings I got are really well made and I always get compliments for them. And to receive compliments is the main reason for my existence. <laughs> you can find Gangster Wraps on Etsy and Insta. Don't forget the W and the website is gangsterwraps.co.uk. And thank me later for the great accessories that you come back with. Thank you so much for listening. Um, oh, and please join me next week as I chat to the icon that is... Ian H from Steps Watkins. I know, a proper pop star. See you then. Who Are You Wearing is produced by Joe Southard, the artwork is by Maddie Phillips, and the music is by Annie Glass. This has been a Little Wonder production.